Fueled by Trial, the podcast where real people share their inspiring stories of choosing faith over fear on their Christian life journey. I'm your host, Zion Heaven, alongside Emily Dykema, Julie Mangum, and Christian Vorst. We're going to embark together on a transformative exploration of faith, courage, and the power of God's love. Each episode, we invite guests from all walks of life, united by one common thread, their unwavering trust in God throughout life's most challenging trials. We believe that through their testimonies, you'll find strength, hope, and a renewed sense of purpose. Join us as we dive deep into personal accounts of overcoming adversity, battling doubts, and discovering the extraordinary miracles that can emerge from even the darkest valleys. Fueled by Trial is not just a podcast. It's a testament to the work of the Holy Spirit in lives of believers. Our guests will inspire you to live fearlessly, rooted in the unshakable foundation of God's grace. So grab your headphones and get ready to embark on a transformative journey filled with wisdom, inspiration, and a renewed passion for living a faithful life. Welcome back, everybody, to episode five of Fueled by Trial. Uh, back with the gang. Julia is off playing volleyball somewhere, but we got Emily back from med school, grinding the dock. Chris John's over here. Oh, um, that's nice. To say it like that. I see you all the time, man. It's, I mean, it's getting old. No, I'm joking. I'm leaving soon. You better. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I love you. Don't worry. Um, but we have our first uh, special guest, first one of our podcast, uh, Dylan Dunkley, with us today. Welcome on, first thank off. You, thank you. Um, but really, you know, we'll leave the floor open to you. Um, kind of tell your story and, you know, ask you questions along the way, but go Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. All right. Um, let's see how I, how we get this rolling. Um, when I, when I was really, I got to get the dates down. Well, maybe when I was four or five, a four or five, my mom, she would continue to tell me this as I was growing up. Um, my mom would tell me I would come out of a room, like in my room. And I'd be crying like when I come out or I'd come out like laughing, like with joy. And my dad or my mom would like, would you, they would ask me like, why are you laughing Dylan? Uh, like four or five years old. And they're asking me these questions. And um, I would tell them like little boy, I'd tell them like, I'm spending time with Jesus. Like Jesus spend time with me. And when now that like fully believer, fully just on fire for God, I understand like, wow, like he was calling me at a really young age. And now I understand like that he was taught me as a little boy. And all my, like, throughout this whole time, what I'll get to is, like, that was, like, the first, when people ask me, okay, when was, when you were you first saved? That wasn't, I don't really know how to explain it, other than I genuinely feel like I've known God all my life. Mm-hmm. It's just there was rebellion. There was things that happened that were separating me, separating me from um, knowing him to that, like, intimate level. But that started when I was really young. Um, when I was really young, I was... Um, I'm one of four boys, one of four, uh, I have four brothers. Um, and my mother and my father, they were fully, um, on fire for Jesus. I grew up watching, you know, my mom, she was traveling to Africa. Um, and she did a lot of ministry. Um, my parents were just filled with the Holy ghost. Um, you know, mom, I would grow up watching my mother around the house, um, open doors up in our house and be praying in, in spirit, like praying in tongues and praying and, I've witnessed like a woman, like a true example of a woman being on fire for God and just a relationship with Jesus. And that was a lot for me, like to witness. And I, I told you guys just 20 minutes ago, but I literally, I would tell my dad, I'm like, she is so weird. Like <laughs> this woman is weird. Like I really would say that <laughs> because 
she was always, she was speaking in tongues. She was praying. She was crying. And what, now that I know, I was watching someone have an evident relationship with Jesus. But I didn't know that at that time when I was younger. Um, and that to be said, I was, you know, they raised me very um, right. They raised me in a, in a really a good way. My dad, huge role model in my life. Um, but I, when I was younger, kind of getting back to it, I was like, I wouldn't say like demonically getting attacked, but there was a lot of things. I used to, um, I used to really get like spiritually attacked in my dreams. Um, just, just being completely vulnerable right now. Um, like I would have demonic dreams of like demons, like trying to scare me, Satan, like speaking over me. And I feel like what I just shared with y'all at, like at Chipotle, like I, I felt like Satan was really trying to, um, scare the crap out of me because he knew that there was something on my life. And that was a lot like being young. I was like, what am I supposed to like? I didn't know how to shake that. So I would have many nights in my house of waking up in tears or I'm scared as crap because I'm having these dreams from I'm like five to like 15, 14, 15. And my mom's sitting there praying with me in the spirit, praying in tongues. And my dad's putting hands on me. So you can imagine as a 14, 15 year old or even younger, this is a weird like way of growing up. This is a weird, it's just interesting. And I'm, and the whole time I feel like it was now that I see it, it was God showing that I had a calling on my life, but I didn't know that at the time. So moving more forward on that in middle school, um, I've, I've been playing baseball all my life since I was maybe five or six years old. Um, and in middle school, I was playing ball, but in middle school, I was bullied very bad, um, very bad by a lot of people. I got marks on my, on my, like mm-hmm. on my knuckles from being in fights when I was younger. Um, I was very much just an angry kid. Um, it, not to get all like funny, but like I would get made fun of for being like a redhead like that. Like that was just a joke at the time. And I really got picked on for it. And, um, man, it just turned into so much anger and resentment and that affected my walk with God big time. First thing I can think about, I was in such a rebellious place with my, with my, in my life. Um, my mom sent me and my brother Logan to a Bible camp. And I was crying. I was like, don't send me there. Like, don't, don't send me there. And, but they sent me there. And I'm being honest with you. It was the worst week. The first two days, Monday and Tuesday, I got in a fight with a kid. I hit, I punched him right in the face and they warned me. They're like, you're going to go home. The second day I got in a verbal argument with the kid. I was, you can, I was just angry at life. I, I was, there's just so much, I was getting bullied and I was the kid this is really, I love this part of the story, but I was the kid in the back of the worship service. Think about all of us going to Thomas Road all the time at worship time. I was the kid in the back pointing a finger and making fun of all of those Christians. I was that kid. I would cuss them out. I sat in the back with my buddy Elijah and Elijah Barrett, wherever that man is, I, I thank God for him in my life. He was my best friend growing up in child, my childhood, Elijah Barrett. And he looked at me one day. I was pitiful. I was just like, dude, these guys are such losers worshiping God, man. They're, I was just cussing them out in the back of worship service. And he looks at me and he says, Dylan, it's not that all bad. And he walked away from me. And the first time I was alone. And I that was like the first time. Remember that little, like that little kid I was telling you about, that joy I was cr- coming out of the room crying about? I felt it again. And it was reminding me, like, I'm, I'm in your life. But again, I was in so much rebellion that I didn't know that. So I 
leave out like that Friday night they held a they held a service at the end of on, on Friday night and they had us time where they asked all of us I, maybe uh, middle school I was in high school I was maybe 15 16 years old but they asked us like who has like do you know the Lord do you know the Spirit of God and I cried like a like a baby on that Friday night at that service and I'm tall I'm telling you probably hundreds of hands were put laid on me and I really like it was I think about it now I can see it it really felt like God was marking me like your call I have something on your life and that night I felt it like felt the presence of God moving forward so in high school here I go like that I'm having those moments in church like a lot actually a lot of these times are happening I'm crying under the spirit of God for no reason I just feel his presence I'll start crying and in high school, I actually, um, I wanted, like I led my high school baseball team, like in the, have y'all ever done like me at the pole, like mm-hmm. me at the pole yeah. with FCA? Mm-hmm. Well, I would do, like, I would lead that in prayer sometimes. And that was good, but I still, like, there was still anger. There was still stuff going on in me. Not only was there anger, but at 14 years old, I was introduced to pornography at 14. And so from about two years ago, I got baptized and we'll get to that real quick here soon. But I was almost, almost 10 years of my life, Dylan Dunkley, almost 10 years of my life was dedicated to watching pornography and it started at 14. So I'm start at 14. So I'm having this anger. I'm having this, this lust going on into high school and to tri- to literally put icing, put some whipped cream and put some nice strawberries on top. I started, um, Man, I I started smoking weed. I um I smoked weed. I was around a lot of people doing cocaine. Dead serious. I was around a lot of it. I was drinking a lot, and I actually I had one night where I had done shrooms. I had done edible shrooms, um, and I did that in my body, and it was nuts. Mm. Um, and all during that, it was I had a moment, and that you don't even have to go deep on the end there, but I will share the moment God. Again, like it's again, like the little kid, he re- he keeps reminding me in the midst. I had one night I had smoked, uh, um, I had smoked an entire blunt with my friends and I had, um, I had done sh- uh, shrooms and we broke them down and put them in a soup and I, and I, and I drank it and shrooms are, you know, they get you very hallucinated. They, they really make you hallucinate and, um, yes, I'm getting a little emotional, but I had, um, I had a moment in my life where I've never, not one time in my life have I ever thought about suicide ever in my life. Um, but that night I looked in the mirror and I saw someone that I wasn't familiar with. And this, I was like, this is not Dylan. And I could hear the Lord telling me that, but you're so high. I don't know. I don't know if y'all ever, I, but I was so high. And when you're high and you're doing those things, you usually, if you smoke weed, you have to eat. You have to eat food to get off the high. Well, you have done, I had, I had drank, I had smoked, and I had done shrooms. So I could not get out of it. Phys- like Physically, I couldn't. But God, this is a cool part of it. In the middle of that, I have this thought come in, and the only way that I'm going to escape this high is by ending all of it. And obviously, I didn't do anything to act on that, but that scared me so much that that, that, that drug could this lifestyle, just this way of doing that could scare me that much to thinking that way that I forever, I put it away. It scared me that bad. And I had that moment of 
pure just crying, just full out, just weeping like, well, I cannot believe I thought this thought. I was so ashamed of it. I've never thought ever have I struggled with suicide ever in my life until that night. Moving into that. So now, now that was a wonderful moment for me in high school. And I'm like, I had that moment. And so literally into my senior year, um, in my senior year, I'm getting recruited to go play at West Virginia. It's big D1 school, which I don't know if y'all know this, but West Virginia is, I think like, excuse me, like top five, like party schools in the country. Mm. No bueno for a guy that's like having this like <laughs> altercation with the Lord. And, but, but that's where I was getting recruited when I was about 14. I was telling my mom and dad, like, I'm going to go play here. I'm going to go play baseball here. I was dreaming, man. And my, I watched my dad live out his dream of being a professional artist. And I knew I was like, I'm going to go do this thing. So I went and I went, I went 10, it was 10 and a half hours away um, to go play baseball. So now I'm on my own and now I am by myself. So like similar thing. I had my, my similar time. I'm by myself and I am now faced with it, dude, it's all in front of you. Smoking, drinking, even worse. Any girl that you wanted is right there. Being a D, being a D1 athlete, and you guys would know this, you can get anyone you want. It, like, let's just, let's just shut the corner real quick and be real about it. You, you can. That's why Zion has that girlfriend right now. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. I appreciate that. <laughs> but it was all presented in front of me. And when I was in, um, literally before I left, um, before I left to go to West Virginia, again, here comes my mother. I'm sitting on a mountain with my mom. And I look over at her and I was like, Mom, I don't know. I, I was so hard for me to say this to her. But I said, Mom, I do not know the Lord like you do. I do not. I just don't know him like you do. I want to. And she told me what to do. This is a huge part of my story. I love this. Is the I still to this day, I still do this. My mom talking about this thing called an altar that they would do in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, is the most beautiful part about God is what I'm about to get to. In the Old Testament, the people of God would literally physically present and build an altar and like cut chickens or whatever. Like they would, they would sacrifice things for God. I didn't have a chicken, obviously. I didn't have crazy <laughs> stuff to sacrifice. Oh, <laughs> but she would tell me, you have your heart to put on the altar. And which the Bible says, the smell of burning flesh pleases the Lord. So I was like, wow, my mom, okay. Like, dang, that hit me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go put my heart on the altar. So what I did with the Lord, this is the coolest part about God. I, I always tell this to people. The Holy Spirit is the best at revealing you to you and revealing you to Jesus. He is the best at it. So what he did when I entered on that campus I went there and I I off, I went to I can still remember it was on the third floor of the commons area in a in a study room and I went there and I anointed the whole place with oil mom had taught me that I anointed the place with oil and I told the lord I said lord I will come here I will come here every day I will come here every day at five o'clock in the morning I will come every single day if you meet me every day I'll come I'm a, I'm just asking you to meet me I had longed all my life to hear this voice of God, the one that was speaking to me as a little boy. I have longed to hear that again. And I asked him. And just like that, my life, it changed forever. 
So I, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm currently going, I'm being like, I'm, I have to go play the sport and I have to go do it, but I'm having this huge spiritual, like awakening happening while I'm there. And every day for a year, God met me in that place and revealed Dylan to Dylan. He told me who I was. He told me what I'd been doing. He told me those moments in that church. And when I was a little boy, he told me, I'm the voice that has been speaking to you all of your life. And literally then he revealed me i did not like the word of god it was so boring to me it honest god was and then he reveals to me like this is my son like if i had to open it right now in front of you i i could not do it without i would cry because now i hold that bible so close to me now it's like it's literally it feels like i'm holding jesus's hand it's that real it's the only book that reads you like from the inside out it reads you thoroughly and god had so now it's this point of God is showing me, he's speaking to me audibly. Like I'm like how we spoke like 20 minutes ago at Chipotle. He's speaking that loud. And it is amazing to hear, like to hear him say, my son, to hear him say like beloved or all of these things. I hear it when I wake up every morning and what transfers now, if I showed you a picture of my room now, I have an altar in my, like physically right now in my room and it's a pillow. And I have a bunch of posts, like a bunch of like pictures of Jesus. And I have a bunch of like sayings and I have a physical pillow every morning at four in the morning. You said you were up at like five. I feel you, bro. Cause I was up <laughs> at four this morning, army crawling. Cause I'm so tired, but I went to my altar because I wake up and the phone ain't the first thing that wakes me up. I wake up and I'm like, good morning, Holy spirit. Good morning. And I don't know how to explain. Like, I hear him speak, man. I hear his voice speak to me. He is the breath I breathe now. He is he is my all in all now. And it is, it is so cool, like, how all that came from that time in, in West Virginia. Sadly, it is a shame, but that's not the end of it. I was fighting a lot, a lot of, like, warfare out of, um, out of, in college. Being a D1 athlete can be, the pressures are outstanding. And if you have no character like built, it the talent will take you somewhere. It will drop you off. And the ultimate goal of Satan, that's why I don't ever shy about talking about Satan. The ultimate goal is to present something so small. And at the end of it, it is that big and it will kick you off. It'll freaking kick you off. That's his plan. He wants to kill you. I found that out in college. And I really found out like this dude is trying to take me out. I grew up seeing this in my family. A lot of them had backslidden. A lot of them had, you know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, alcohol in my family. There's a lot of, just a lot of ways of living in my family. And I knew God had called me in that time, in that one-on-one where he's revealing Dylan to Dylan, I'm hearing him saying to me, I've called you to be a generational breaker in your family. Like, what do you do when you're an athlete hearing that and you have to go perform? So you can tell like, He's becoming more important than the game. But I went to go play the game. And long story short, I get um, COVID year hit. And we just talked about this over food. But like COVID year hit. And I had been praying like, Lord, you're going to have to like help me. Like you're going to have to help me because I want to stay around the game. And God took, I laid down baseball faithfully, just humbly. I tried to. So with all my heart, I tried to. And I did. And it feels like the like I don't know if the Old Testament. There's a story where the people were following like a cloud, like in the in the Bible, 
And that's what liberty felt like to me. I was, it was like the cloud, like God was telling me, if you lay this down, come follow me. Like just trust the hand that's trying to lead you here. The hand that was meeting me in this room for a year, that was telling me who I am, that's telling me everything about me. And I followed it faithfully. And then I get here and I have, I'm coming, I come to serve um, as a manager on, on the uh, Liberty's baseball team, which was completely humbling. I come from playing on a field and, and doing a dream that I feel like I'm called to do. And now I have to come serve guys. Like I have to wash, I have to see the bare butt of these guys and be <laughs> loving. And I have to clean up. I'm literally doing physically laundry for them. It was humiliating. Um, but God was teaching me to be like his son, Jesus, a servant. And it was amazing. And it's, it's amazing what he's done through all of that in that time. Um, just real quick in that time in college, I had been like, I'm going to go right back to it because it's a huge part of who I am. In that time, I was really struggling with lust big time. God was purifying me and showing me who I am. But at the same time, he was, <laughs> he's pulling the curtain back. Look at this sin straight in the face. And I came to a point in my life where God had finally spoke to me and said, like, you have the authority I heard him say this so evidently to me. I, I pray this only helps like you all here. Like he said so evidently, Dylan, it is in you to speak back to it. This voice, this spirit of lust has been speaking to you all of your life. And it has, I've dead, it has. And I heard the Lord tell me, when is it your turn to speak? I heard him say that so clearly. And I was like, well, so I'm reading in the word how it's talking about the authority that we have in Christ. And so after all this stuff happened, I love your story about baptism because like what happened with me was I'd been asking God before, like after all this stuff in college, like, Lord, I need to get baptized. I'm waiting. I'm like, I don't know when. And two, you know, two years ago in the summer, God led me to be baptized. And it was a, the week before I had a huge, just huge moment with God and it was a breaking moment. It was kind of it was kind of similar to the moment I told you guys about the smoking. It was that same kind of moment. I'll just be completely honest. It was the same heartbreak. I had literally a week prior. I mean, I'll say this on a mic. I don't care. I a week prior to getting baptized, I had just masturbated in a room. I had just been involved with lust, like like partnering with it, and I'm getting baptized in a week. I was so heartbroken. I actually had a. It was a terrible night. I went to sleep at my altar in my house, weeping. Like I was, and I, I literally had a thought in my mind. If I, it was the same kind of thought about the suicide is the enemy. And he was, I could hear him telling me, if you die tonight, you're going to go to hell. It was so dark. That's how dark it all was getting because of lust. So it was good. I was getting on this track of like, okay, God's showing Dylan who Dylan is, but now I'm dealing with this baggage, man. And God's trying to take it away. So moving from that, literally a week later on a Sunday in front of my whole family, it's when God, dude, when God does something in your life, he's going to have witness around you. It's just the truth. My whole family watched me get baptized and walk, like, and my mother did it with me. And, um, but my uncle had died, he had, he had died that year and he gave me, um, I don't, sorry, I have a cross on him, pull it out real quick. He gave me this cross that year and it says, Jesus is counting on you. 
And literally, I didn't get it. My mother didn't give it to me till that time of baptism. And I, when, when she gave it to me, before I entered the water, I knew what God was saying to me. Like, wow, after this moment, like God's counting on me to walk in purity now. Like, go. The moment is one of the coolest moments of my life. And we're about to get to the end here. But one of the coolest moments of my life. I end, The moment my physical flesh felt that feeling of that water hit my feet. The Spirit of God, same one that had been speaking to me all of that time. I heard him so clearly. And I heard him tell I heard him tell me, Dylan, this is the end of you. And I was like, I and I I, I started to cry so hard. And I was like, I didn't I, I was like, this is just great. And I just went in faith. Kind of like I like I watched you do it. It was awesome. And I got buried, buried in death mm-hmm. and rose. And since that day, since that day. I have not watched a single bit of pornography. I have not, I, in, in two and a half, in my two, two and a half years, I have not masturbated either. In two and a half years. And um, I didn't even touch, it was nine years of my life that I had I had been a part of that. And God broke it completely off. Completely. No, almost two, 10 years of my life dedicated to it. Broken. And God, the coolest part of it is that the very thing that you struggle in, God gives you ministry in. And now I watch how God, he literally, now I watch how he entrusts me. I don't know how to be more honest about this. He entrusts me to speak to his daughters. He trusts me to speak to my to my sisters and lead by example, not in an impure way. Because women, all, you know, they they will they will entrust you with things. With the mo- y'all are, you were just wired that way, which is beautiful. That's how God designed you to be an emotional being and a person that reflects the heart of Christ. And the thing is, is that most men, I'm going to say little boys, they yeah. pounce on it. They, is The moment a woman gets open and vulnerable, they, they use it to take advantage or in whatever way that is, whether emotionally, you name it. And now that God has freed me from all that, he's given me ministry in what I used to struggle in. It's, ama- it's, a, it's truly amazing the way that he took all of those things. The people that I come across now, like I was literally in California like two months ago. I'm talking to this dude with full on dreads and he's talking about smoking dope and everything. And I'm like, and they're done that man. The bet and the best thing that a man can ever hear in his life out of his two ears is you're not alone. It's the best thing a man can hear. Amen. You know? And, and that's what like that dude, I was able to like sit and talk with this, <laughs> this dude that like full on smoking right in front of me. But it's awesome. Like now I see like, wow, this is why I went through all of this stuff. So that was a huge part. Baptism is kind of the the, the finishing touch to my testimony. It's a huge part of my life and just the transition of it all. And guys, I've been here at Liberty now. Faith, uh, just God has been so faithful to me. Um, literally, I had came here uh, in that story of, of the cloud, like in faith, I had no money. And literally, I look now, I'll keep it long story short, but I look now and the school owes me money now. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, Liberty, it, where's that? <laughs> yeah. If, but like, if that doesn't show how God will take care, he'll take care of your faith, your faith step, your jump, if you do it. And I, I believe that's a place where all of us come to in life is we come to this place of taking a leap of faith and liberty was that for me. Facing all those things was that for me. And it's just amazing how it, it we were just talking over dinner, how, it's truly shaped me to who I am now. And it's a privilege and 
honor to speak to our baseball team now and just live it out for them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, he, the, the biggest thing about God, and this is the last thing, the, the biggest thing we cannot get content with him. You, mm. you just, it's a, it's a huge danger. Even as much as I feel like I know him now, I always try to push myself to be curious mm. and I tap into that voice, man. I, I don't know how to be honest with you. I, I literally was in La Vida texting my mom today about it. I was like, mom, I've, I've never met a more real person in my life. Like I've never, it's, he is my best friend, man. He knows my name. He speaks to me like a friend all the time. He makes me laugh just like I was when I was a little boy. And it's the best thing. And it's a challenge. Even as, a, as I'm 24 years old, it is a challenge. Don't let that get corrupt. Mm-hmm. Keep cherish this relationship the rest of your life. You know? Yeah. Honestly, like, thank you for sharing. First off, <clears throat> I think <throat> one of the biggest things that stands out is ultimately, you know, how God is constantly pursuing us. Right. And I think yeah. often, like I talk to people and it's just, we often don't realize it. And it's easy when you become that Christian to look back and like realize all those times in our lives that he has been there beside us. And he's been there like, like, literally open up like let me come in like i'm yeah. waiting here for you um but honestly it's just he's always there and i think it's that constant reminder to know that we're never alone in those situations whatever mm-hmm. that situation may feel like and mm-hmm. to ultimately realize that somebody else has gone through it right and that's the reason yeah. for sharing these stories um but yeah that's I, me go before you emily um <laughs> i had a fear but i think just on the last note um how liberty shaped you yeah. Kind of, and you mentioned at dinner about like you have 40, 40 men that you're oh, around yeah. with once a week, and, <laughs> and out for the last four years or so, kind of speaking how, how that community, how important that is. Because you know, God's given us His word, and you've spoken like, man, how real that is, but um, also community, yeah, yeah. Um, some, some like first hits my mind is like the word, like that really tied that testimony in the community, is like the word that really spoke was. It says, if you seek me, like you will find me. And what was cool is I found other guys that were doing the same thing. And I'm like, this is awesome. It, it was funny. I, I came here. I, I went to La Haye my freshman year. And I'm benching. Uh, this is going to be bad to say this on the mic, but I'm going to say it. I was failing at, uh, I think it was 225. So I, I was failing at 225. <laughs> I, don't I don't think I've got <laughs> <laughs> My buddy picks it up. off. I didn't know he was going to become my best friend. But a guy picks it up off me. He's like, hey, man, I'm sorry about it. You good, man? I was like, yeah. I get to know him. He invites me to this river, takes me 20 minutes all away from Liberty. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Where like, did you go? This dude took me 20 minutes away. He took me somewhere. They, we went, and I literally, I get pulled up. We pull up to this house, and there's a river, inner tubes, all these people. And there's probably 20, maybe 20, like five people. And I come to realize, like, I'll say this right now, after four years, all those guys that I met that first day, they're going to be in my wedding one day. Like, I, I know it. All right. Spotify only lets us do 30 minutes, but we're going to keep going. Keep going. No, back, back to the community. Um, you know, let's, let's just kick, kick back at the word. The word, it, you know, it says, in the time of trouble, I think it's the best verse, in time of trouble, like there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And long story short, those guys that I met at that little, you know, little inner tube time, and I'm like right at the river, they became that for me. It was guys that were, that struggled with lust as well. They struggled with pride. They struggled, you name it. And you can't like, if you do a Christian life by yourself, like mm-hmm. it is not that it's just not, that's not biblical. It's not exactly what you, 
Jesus, best example, he has his disciples. He has his inner circle and he has his disciples. And he like he had to have he had that big time accountability and he had that vulnerability with them and had had one another to stir one another. And we need that, like we need that big time. We need that big time. Do y'all y'all know um AJ Play? I don't know if AJ, oh, AJ. at TRBC. Oh, what a beast. AJ and yeah. Stephen will always tell you you need a Paul, you need a Timothy, and a Barnabas. He'll always say that you need those three figures in life, someone you can be absolutely vulnerable with. Then you need a guy that's not a yes man at all. I know that kind of guy. If I tell if I tell him, he's going to shoot me straight, mm-hmm. tell me straight. And then you need a guy who's going to he runs with you as well, you know. And to kind of answer that, that community has molded me. For four years, it's molded me and who I am. It's, dude, iron sharpens iron. That's yeah. all I got to say. I get in that group, like this Sunday we'll go, and it's the best It's the best time ever. I'm sitting there, and grown men are sitting there worshiping God, 40 guys in the room, and I, I'm like, this is, my kids will benefit from this one day. My wife will benefit. Everything that's, go, like, that's that's where my mind's thinking. I'm like, there's so much benefit to this one day. They're like, And I, at 60 years old, I want to be thinking mm-hmm. the same way, like, if I'm not doing the same thing, I don't know what I'm doing. So I hope that it kind of answers. Yeah. 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 Okay. So my question is probably geared towards some people listening to this. Like, I mean, what an amazing testimony. Like that is just a, a work of God in your life. Um, but I know there's a lot of people that might be where you were at, you know, in middle school and high school and they're looking ahead at maybe what God has done for you. And they're not believing that God can do that for them. Um, and just like, what's your advice if you're in a spot like that and you're not, you're not believing in God to do what maybe he did for Dylan, you know? Mm. Mm, that's good. Well, <clears throat> I think the thing is, is like, you have to really challenge yourself. You know, man or woman, like you have to really, at that age, it's such a crucial stage. Like they, they often tell us like as leaders in high school, like, cause I've gotten to do that Thomas road, but high school and middle school are like the most crucial age to share the gospel. So like, I think something that helped me was I, I was, I, even in the midst of all that, the bullying, the, the, the sin, the, you name it, I was still, I, I was open. I was I was keeping my mind open to God. I wasn't fully shutting him off. Like something, and that's what the gospel does. Something captivates you about it. And it's like, can you challenge yourself to do that? When I was 14, I'm sitting there in my room, like like I have a picture of my whole family and I'm sitting there motivated just off life. And I'm, I watched my dad and I'm, I'm doing pushups in my rooms for my brothers. And I'm like sitting there like reading the word and talking to God as much as I can. And it's like, I think you just have to, I think that's probably the only thing I would say is like, mm-hmm. just challenge yourself. Like, or do you want to be just a typical, I even think this now, do I want to be just in the flow of everyone? The, the typical, like, okay, I'm just a Christian, this and that. Mm-hmm. Or is there something in your life that stands out about you? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be different? Do you want to, do you want to do something with your life? Do you like, you have, and you have to go search and find that with God. And you, do you like, because what's identifying you? That's ultimately the question. Is it social media? Is it the culture? Is it what's identifying you as a person? You know, and that's, that's something you have to really ask yourself as, at a young age is those kind of things. And I really, I was something, I don't know what it was, but something was drawing me in at a young age and I had to be humble to listen to it. And I think that's the biggest thing is just be humble. I have my brothers. I'm glad you asked that question. Mm-hmm. My brothers are in that same age. And I always tell them, I love you, man. You don't know it all. 
That's something. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word. Because <laughs> that's something they they really believe in high school. Oh man, I yeah. I know everything that's best for me. I'm like, brother, you, <laughs> sit you, down. Yeah, you you don't like yeah. you honestly don't. You, my dad always taught me like, Dylan, be like a sponge, man. Just soak information. Like when you guys are sharing your your story with me, I'm just sitting there soaking in. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Am I gonna sit here with just like pride and be like, oh yeah, like compare? No. I learn more from that and that than I do even my own self. So I'm like, that's awesome, man. So maybe maybe that that might be the best practical. Be a sponge. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Be a sponge at a young age. You got to be open. Yeah, yeah. Be open to it. Yeah. So from me, uh, one of the things you mentioned was you know, God has placed this calling on your life, right? And you mm -hmm. also brought up how you had got to the point where you almost felt like baseball was your calling for a period of time, right? Oh, and yeah. I think. Any athlete or anyone achieving at a high level, they all, you know, I think I did it when I was chasing tennis. I was like, my calling is to be a tennis player. I'm going to be number one in the world and mm. that's going to be my platform, right? But we forget along the way the platform we have the entire time, right? Amen. Our platform is from that very beginning. Yeah. And I guess my, my question for you is, is <clears throat> on the point where it's like, I think Christians, we have to reach the point where our calling is to be faithful to God and Amen. to follow his will. Right. So at what point did it, were you broken of that? My calling isn't baseball. My calling is just to listen to him and yep. just to follow. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> like when he, in that, in that time, um, God, that's a good question. Cause in that time where he was growing immensely in me, I, um, he had been telling me like, like if you trust me, I will pay it all back. Yeah. Like I will take care of those because it was a small thing. I, I like what you're saying is make me think my small little wish to God was like, well, can you keep me around baseball yeah. still? Mm -hmm. I Cause I was, that's my flesh, but I was like, Lord, like you want me to put down everything I dreamed about? Like that, that's not easy. I don't yeah. care who you are. That's not easy. And yet I knew he was telling me, if you lay it down and trust me, watch what I'll do. Now, now who do you think in the Bible that that Jesus that can refer to Peter and his brother when Jesus says, drop everything and come follow me and look what was added to them. Look what was, look what happened when they laid everything down and they did that. So that's one of the things I think about now. That's why we have to lay that down, whatever it is. It like, there's things even in my personal life and I find it so much, I count it all joy to lay it down before God because a life laid down is a life worth living. It's a, it's a life worthy of, of living in a calling. And, um, in that time that I had, like, I had professional, I can show you, I have a vision board at my house right now. And it says, like, professional baseball player. But at the same time, it has things, it has small things like, like, um, uh, it says, like, be, be a chaplain one day, write a book one day, go start a nonprofit like Tim Tebow does with special mm -hmm. needs people travel world doing ministry i have all these things that god was giving me interest in you can come to south africa if you want amen <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good it's off. the bible and the the coolest thing though is um the bible says like without the vision the people perish so that's something i challenged myself when i was younger i wrote out the vision i wrote out everything i believe god called me to do and so i think i think to a point to what you're saying is it's not bad that you have that and if you're if your God-given talent is, is tennis, yeah. if it's this and yeah. that, go do that. But I love what you said because you said platform. And if you have that in your mind, I know there's pro baseball players right now that are living out that platform in the best way. And they're being a husband when they go home, and they're being, they're being a, a you know, father. And you can do it the right way. Mm -hmm. 
of course. No, I think what you're saying is really good because it just has to be, maybe that's the best answer is it has to be aligned. Mm -hmm. Just let it be aligned with the will of God, which is what, would you be willing to lay it all down? I think what was encouraging about you both, I'm done here. Most most encouraging about you both is even if I stripped away the game of tennis from you both, just like God stripped away from me, I'm still somebody. That's the coolest part about you both is God stripped that away from you both, yet you're still somebody in Jesus. And that's ultimately, I, I say that to our coaches and they'll be like, you know, like it's like a deer, like, like ears up on me. Because <laughs> I'll be like, coach, like if God took this coaching position from you, are you still somebody? in Christ. That's in that I feel like that's kind of the best way to I that's a great question man. Great question for our kind of like what like the back to what Emily said to our generation needs to ask herself. Yeah. So sadly we're great story. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're running low on time uh, here but no okay. my big thing my big question for you is kind of a sentence, right? Power yeah. statement if you want someone to sum up your story or sum up what God has done in your life, mm. what is it? Man, Jesus is counting on you. All of heaven, all of heaven is rooting on you to make it. All of heaven. It's in the Bible. The angels are cheering for your name to make it up to the Father. What are you doing about that? What are you doing about it? Thanks for coming on, Dylan. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Sir. Dude, that's freaking awesome. Thank you for tuning in to Fueled by Trial, where faith triumphs over fear one story at a time. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode of this life-changing journey. And as always, keep the faith burning bright, for together we are fueled by trial.